Welcome back to another episode of Pain Points. Not an episode. This is just another recording session with my guy. Yeah, let's go. Um, where the world meets business. Samson Jagoras, how are you this morning? Good, man. I was looking back at some of those old shorts that uh, you sent over to Cole this week and just how far we've come with our content creation. <laughs> we were really bad, but it's the reps on reps. If you go back in the timeline, you can tell when Darius was editing. Yeah. For sure. He was using all the stock uh, motion <laughs> graphics that came. Uh, but hey, we're here now. That's how it starts, right? So episode, episode, I don't know. We got well over 400 vids on the YouTube channel. Well over 400 vids we've done. We're definitely over at 110 mark in terms of complete episodes of anything. Right. Um, but I got some news for you today. And we got some news for our listeners. And we're going we're gonna to go back and forth on some things. Let me give you a rundown of what we got today. So while you figure out the equipment issue, just like I, it was like uh, I felt like I had an <laughs> eye patch on. I can only see a part of your face. <laughs> well, we got a couple of things. We got the NBA All Star Game debacle that happened this past weekend. That has fans, experts, and people literally saying, "Do something." Um, I mean, they're trying to close the pay gap because <laughs> they're losing viewership. So everybody's pay is about to go down. Everyone's pay is going to go down. And and truthfully, if you uh, if you get our newsletter, you'd see that I wrote something this morning. Just like, I think the brand's in trouble overall, and we'll yes. touch on that. We have uh, former President Trump releases a sneaker line, which he is he's just balling out of control. <laughs> we have OpenAI, you know, is literally changing the game of video. And if I was working in the industry and anything related to video, I would be excited, but also shaking in my boots. Yes. I mean, that doesn't go for you guys, though. You know, he, yeah. our, Trevor, <laughs> Trevor, Cole, Trevor's like sweating in the background. Yeah, you, you guys are safe, though. Sweating like a crackhead. Never in the <laughs> like a horror church over here. <laughs> we got Kevin O'Leary. Did he have some pointed comments to make? You know, he's he's he can be controversial with some and he doesn't always give the most eloquent takes, but he does point out something for entrepreneurs in response to the Trump 300, 400 million dollar fine. And then we got, which, by the way, is not hurting Trump because you just let me know that. Your boy came up 3.5 Diverse, <laughs> diversification. <laughs> so we're going to touch on that. We have a non-U.S. citizen uh, being responsible for elections in California, helping to play and secure our elections in California. And then last but not least, if we have some time, we're going to talk about how pedophiles need to be accepted members of society, according to some posts on X. Wow. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, I'm going to start with the NBA. We'll go to the hardwood. Uh, so the, the NBA, the NBA all-star game, they had a, a total of something like 300 and almost close to 400 points scored in Sunday's all-star game. If, for those of you who don't watch basketball, you don't score that many points in an all-star game and it's a good game. Yeah. It sounds more like a home run derby. The a home run derby. I don't even know. It's bad. This is what it is. And it's got people from Stephen A. Smith to players to a bunch of people in the last few days saying, fix this. This is terrible. And so we kicked this off in an article uh, just to give a little context uh, from Fox Sports. It says, over the past few days here, NBA VIPs implored the All-Stars to up their effort. This was before the game. Um, and, but people were saying, you know, we're not necessarily looking for players to go out there as if the finals as if it's the finals, but we need players to play defense. We need them to care about the game. Uh, the NBA made several changes in the format and the preparation. 
all in the hope to, uh, with the thinking that this was going to improve the game. Well, the commissioner and everyone else involved were wrong because it turns out the players had no interest in putting on a more respectable performance. Uh, Fox Sports writes, the game was as ridiculous as any in recent memory. Defense and any semblance of it was non-existent. It seemed like every shot was an open three or an easy dunk. And I can tell you because I chose to watch a few minutes of it. Yeah, that was the case. It was bad enough that I turned it off within six minutes because I was like, this is, this is insane. So Damian Litter, who won the MVP, says, 200 points, yeah, it's a lot. It just shows we didn't go out there and compete like I guess you'd want us to or whoever would want us to. That's just what it is. Okay, so not a whole lot there, but this is where we're going with this today. I think the NBA as a brand is in trouble, and here's why I say that. So we have some stats here on the list. If you look at, this is an all-star ratings history going back 30 years, and if you look at 1993 is the peak year for all-star watching at 29 million, 22 million, almost 23 million people tuned into that game on a Sunday. And if you scroll back up throughout the whole entire history, we see a, just a constant descending count with last year being at 4.59 million. This year is right around 5 million itself. And so you can say, oh, well, that's just an all-star game. People are busy on Sundays, yada, yada. But if you look at this next clip, the next picture um, with the primetime viewership, uh, we can see that uh, it's the same they, trend. It's a trend from primetime viewership versus regular season viewership where we we're literally descending. But at the same time, here's the kicker. Revenue's never been higher. So what we're seeing is revenue's growing, but c- customer interest is dwindling. And so in my, in my eyes, that puts them on a crash course for some things that they're going to have to deal with. I think it's interesting that from, we'll call it like 2008 through 2012, you reached like pinnacle yep. viewership, yep. which was also the largest recession that we've had in the United States. Escapism. Yeah, 100%. So maybe this decline is uh, predictive of the 2025 debt wall that's looming out there in commercial real estate. Yep. And maybe their viewership will go back up when people... I'm feeling broke. Well, to your credit, I've actually thought about this. And I think what's also happening is I think we've reached a space though, where the world was different in 2012 than it is now. And so I think that escapism, it won't be found in sports because because now they're even broadcasting this stuff on cable television. Right. And so I think it's going to be different. And I think the reality of it might also just be a testament to the political climate that has infiltrated sports as well. Well, that's, that's where we're going to go is like, what's eating at their brand. So here's, for those of you who don't watch basketball, well, here's what the brand has done from a nutshell of someone who doesn't work for the organization, but just can watch. They've eradicated competition. Um, 82% of their viewing audience is between the ages of 18 and 40 and it's male. So 82% of their audience is men between 18 and 40 able bodied men who are fans of competition, dream vicariously through players, want to connect. They, Kobe, LeBron, like there's a certain degree of like, we connect with these stellar athletes and them achieving great things that we would like to achieve in our own respective arenas. They've gone away from that type of marketing. They've changed rules. Now everyone's shooting threes and doing a bunch of stuff. And so overall, the brand is in trouble. And why we bring it to you guys this morning is because I think the lesson here is like, you cannot ignore 
your consumer base. Right. I don't care what level of success you have. And, um, that seems to happen in every large mature organization Yeah, where they, for, they start to manage to the balance sheet and they forget the customer or they forget the employee and, um, people don't think about the NBA like a business, but that's what's happening. Here. That's exactly what's happening. I mean, how long has the NBA been around? Uh, I'm guessing the 1940s, I believe. What we got here? Yeah. 46. 1946. Yeah. yeah, that's a long run. Yeah, it's a long run. And now they're at, you know, $10 that's, billion. Dollars. Yeah, that's circa end of World War II. Yeah. So they're, and they've reached $10 billion in revenue, $10.5 in revenue. And, um, but we have a dwindling viewership and the game is also reaching global heights like never before, but people still aren't watching here in their home base. They're starting to watch less here in the home base. And so you just, you think about it from a, a business standpoint, it's like, I'm reaching all these other markets, but the foundational market that keeps my business thriving and true to the brand is dwindling, but I'm going to continue to nurture these other audiences. Uh, it's just a big, a big mistake in my opinion. You don't even watch the NBA. Yeah. Which is... When you're doing what we're doing, you don't really have time to do that. But I was like, I'm going to sneak a peek. I've done it for years. Yes, it's, it's going away. So the point is the brand is in trouble and your brand will be in trouble if you, if you ignore the people who brought you the success you have, you're automatically on a crash course for trouble. And whether you're the NBA or NBC or I don't know, another NB combination, small ABC. ABC, whoever you are, you're not immune to the market. And the fact is in a capitalistic system, there will be a competitor that comes. Just give it a matter of time. Mm -hmm. There will be a competitor that comes along. Right now it's creators like us. Exactly. Well, exactly. You look at the social performance on these accounts, the NFL, NBA, NHL, it's the, it's, the inf it's the creators who drive more views of the actual content than the actual broadcast themselves. Yep. So, so the wave is turning. And if I'm an NBA, Adam Silver, you can do it, my man. You can get back to, to 1990s through 2010, 2012 era type of uh, presentation of the brand and strategy and product. You can do it. And if you're going to take a note from the NBA, start there. Don't start here today where they are. So I want to talk to you about $400 sneakers. What's the most you've ever spent on a pair of shoes? Um, probably like 300, but those were like high performance shoes. Like back when you were balling? Yeah. Like running, lifting, you okay. know, things like that. Okay. Well, former president Trump released some shoes, uh, and they sold out hours after their launch on Saturday. The never surrender high top sneaker all gold, right? All gold with a red bottom and a flag on the black back. Look at that. We got that right there. Those are crispy, though. <laughs> they sold for $400. $400. Uh, they had a bundle that came with a bottle of Victory 47 perfume. Uh, and it was available for purchase on the website. They had a thousand, a thousand pairs of these that sold out in hours. Wow. Um, what's the math on that? I know you're good at math. What's 1,000 times 400? 4 million? 400,000. I'm tripping. Guys, stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> Darius uses a calculator, guys. Uh, the pressure was on, and he didn't carry the zero correctly. I didn't carry so. the zero. You know, I didn't, I didn't do the math there, guys. Okay. It was, you know, it was, yeah. 
See, four, an, four million minus three million. See, see now there's a lesson in entrepreneurship. You don't got to be good with the numbers. You need to be around people who are. Okay? Correct. Or not use a spreadsheet or a calculator <laughs> or read data. Yeah. Or just do basic math. But so here's the, so here's the thing. So they sold out in hours. <clears throat> uh, and, but Trump has some great things to say. He said, uh, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a long time, almost 12 years. He talked about it. Uh, I have some incredible people that work with me on things and they came up with this and um, it's going to be a big success. I love how he always is like, everything I do is going to be successful and we're going to do something. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. going to be successful, but only a hundred pairs. So basically they're probably piloting it, right? And they're going right. to roll out some more. Um, they also, they also are launching the T red wave sneaker and the POTUS 45, both priced at $200. Uh, so President Trump is coming from Nike's head. He's coming for their heads. Yeah. I, I think for a, the entrepreneur out there, what I think is, uh, as we talk a lot about this and what I want to get your opinion on is just brand, the significance of brand. Um, his brand affords him the, the, the fluidity to make these kinds of moves. Obviously, it doesn't help that you have a bunch of establishment trying to chop your head off. But Yeah, but um, when you have a platform and you're willing to speak on yeah. authentically what's important to you, your audience will buy from you, whether that's sneakers or shirts with his face on it. Yeah. So he's he's figured out how to how to monetize his campaigns by way of leveraging his platform and not having to, you know, pander to constituents and um, contributors to his campaign. He's just self funding. Right. And he's he's leveraging his platform to do it. So I think it's beautiful. I God do bl- too. God bless capitalism. Facts. <laughs> and I, I think why I pull it into it is because many entrepreneurs we know still are I'm not making content. I'm yep. not going to do this. I'm not going to write this article. I don't want to make a video, but I don't want to write an article, but I don't want to take a picture. Um, I, you know, I just want us to dive on that a little bit because this is just, these are just further examples of like, if you don't do this, you're not going to have options. You're not going to have the space to move, you know? Yeah. I think the argument I always hear back is like, oh, my business doesn't really need that. And I just disagree because the next generation is coming up behind you they're prioritizing content and they want to have a relationship with the contractor. And so if if all things were equal, you know, same reviews, same business, one guy creates content and the other doesn't odds are the guy who creates content is going to get the business versus the one who's not hasn't been necessary because baby boomers have been at the helm of entrepreneurship since the eighties. They are stepping out. So the next generation is coming up. So you have to create content. You have to have a voice. You have to speak about, what's important to you. Uh, otherwise, how do I draw the line between you and somebody else? Right. You're just a dime a dozen at that point. Reviews <clears throat> can be my reviews that get me over the top. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> you know, those can be faked too. Right. So, right. You can't fake authenticity of the content that we're creating right now. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we're building a relationship with dear listeners like you. Okay. So we got Trump ball out of control. You need to build a brand, but Maybe, just maybe, you uh, came across Sora, the the release from OpenAI. Have you I, seen? Have I you have seen not it? seen it yet. No. Okay, so this is this is great. I pulled this up just for you. Uh, Samson real time is going to watch videos created by OpenAI prompts. I have I have seen some um, videos this week though, where I can kind of tell the person is AI. They're not real. Yeah. But the. Yeah, the rest of the video looks legit. But this clip you're seeing is 100% AI. Okay. 
That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild, dude. Pull up another one if you can. Are, did, are they using the same engine they use for video games too? I don't. I don't know much about the underlying technology and how it works, but wow. But I do know this is being prompted, which is the amazing thing. Uh, that is just wild. Look at this one. I saw this one earlier with the red helmet here. Is there is there audio in there as well? Showing a clip. Okay. So just look at the quality of this though. It's like we should try to create some clearly ads using that. Yeah. Just to see what it would be like. Yeah. I mean, guys, what you're going to be able to do, we this is just we were talking behind the scenes of like if they're releasing this now, imagine what they actually have. Right. Um, but look at that. That looks like a Pixar movie. Uh crazy. You're going to be able to you're going to be able to make Academy Award winning films from prompts, layering prompts. It's just like, it's, it's wild. It's a, it's a little scary though, too, just given how much we use digital media to make decisions or formulate opinions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be really challenging to decipher between what's what. Yeah. You're going to need some special glasses that somehow can see through the, something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. So the real world will be the only place, well, at least for a while. Yeah. And, 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 you know, tying it back to our listener, it's just like, goes back to content. I think if you're, if you're, I wonder if you're less likely to embrace AI if you're, as, you know, resistant to making content. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if there's any studies on that, but. I it, mean, I would say for sure. Right. 100%. All, all the, I don't want to call them low level jobs, but the, you know, the writing content, the creation of commercials, the um, SEO optimization. Like if, if you're in that industry, like you better start looking for something else or grow your skill set like beyond yeah. that. Because um, yeah. it's coming for that job for sure. Well, you just think about it. If you don't make content, you're not, you are going to get smoked. Like, like for real, this is a public service announcement from the team that yeah. paid the profits that <laughs> in three years time, you will not be in business. Yep. And uh, that's also why you hear us talk a lot about the importance of if you're an entrepreneur looking to buy a business, you should be looking at the blue collar and the trades businesses because it's much harder to remove those with AI. Now, AI is making its way into those yes. for sure in machinery and things like that, but there's still a large human element involved in blue collar and trades types businesses. But I've seen um, AI driven roofing, roofing machines that literally lay shingles and require no people to do it. You just set the machine on top. I've seen ex excavators that use uh, geotagging in order to dig. Yeah. Um, obviously somebody's in there manning it, but it's kind of controlling the dig for you. I've seen curb and gutter machines, something that used to take a whole crew three days to lay out and actually lay down. They can literally do that in one day with a skeleton crew. Now oh. machine costs a million bucks, but the guy who has that machine versus the guy who's still doing it old school, right. this guy's over here doing 10 times as many jobs right. with the less make that million back. No time easily. Right. right. <clears throat> so yeah. AI is making its way into the trades. There's still a human element involved. It's not as, the barrier to entry is still very high, right? It costs you a million dollars to buy one of those machines, for example. Um, doesn't cost you a million bucks to get 20 bucks a month for OpenAI to start writing yeah. content. Start making movies, yeah. 
is this, a, is this a part of the um, the premium um, OpenAI so. chat? Too? Okay. Yeah, they haven't released it yet. <clears throat> but it's just like they did with Dolly. You, you pointed it out. Everything we touched on is just that. It's that Bob Dylan song, Times Are Changing. <laughs> it's just, it, it is true. Changes. Exactly. And you're going to, you're going to get smoked. You're going to get smoked. If you're the owner, if you're an employee, you're going to get smoked. If you're not, if you're not willing to put the time in now. Yep. Like to put the time in now. Okay. So where I want to go next is I want to talk a little bit. I want to talk about this, uh, Kelly Wong out of San Francisco, uh, who is a non U S citizen who was elected to, she's a Chinese citizen, correct? I believe so. She's yeah. definitely not. She's not a citizen. She isn't naturalized. She's not pursuing any sort of transition, but she has been appointed to the elections commission in San Francisco. And so this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. Uh, and in particular, I want to pull up the Fox article that they wrote because the way they broke it down was good. Actually, no, we'll start with this one. It's okay. Check this out, guys. The newest member of the San Francisco Elections Committee, a seven-member civilian body that oversees and creates policies for the city departments of election, is not even legally allowed to vote. So understand what, what we're saying here. Someone who's responsible for how people vote is not even allowed to vote. Think about what is happening before our very eyes. Coming out of San Francisco, why? We know why. Well, Kelly Wong, an immigrant... An immigrant Kelly Wong, an immigrant's rights advocate, is believed to be the first non-citizen appointed to the commission at a swearing-in ceremony administered by Board of Supervisors President Aaron Peskin on Wednesday night in San Francisco. Dozens gathered to commemorate the occasion. Here's what Wong had to say. She hopes her appointment is a beacon of hope for other immigrants in the city. There are always voices in my head like, you can't do it. You're not competent. You're an immigrant. This is not your country. That's not true. It is true. (laughs) Correct. It is true. You should... Agree with those voices in your head. You are not a citizen. Not to say that you can't be, but you haven't taken any of the steps bruh. in order to be. This is when you need that sound. Bruh. That's where you need it. The doof. Bruh. Because bruh. she immigrated to the United States in 2019 from Hong Kong to pursue graduate studies. I love how they say she immigrated. Like, no. No, she came here for studies. Yeah, she's here on a freaking school visa. If I can do it, you can do it, which is a scary message, folks. They're putting it right there in front of you. Hey, if I can do this and work in the United States government or local government, you could do this too. Uh, she's appointed as a result of a 2020 voter-approved measure. Hold on, go up. <laughs> read the, co- read the quote on the right. Yeah. I've seen how language and culture barriers prevent immigrants with limited English proficiency from fully exercising their right to vote. Now, are those legal immigrants (laughs) or are they illegal? And if you have a language barrier and you're illegal, then it doesn't even matter. You don't have a right to vote. Well, not for, not with Wong there. What are you talking about? This is where we're going. This is where they're trying to take us. This is, this is why we bring this up. Oh my word. I'm getting hyped over here. Let me calm down. I was watching the Usher halftime performance before this because (laughs) this is crazy. But think about the precedent and think about where words matter and decisions matter. And where the, the course they're setting us on, they're setting San Francisco on. And I'd be really scary if I'm in San Francisco. Um, if you weren't scared already from 
the poop and drugs and homeless people everywhere. Uh, and people having sex in the streets. This is nuts, man. I'm very, but that there's, there's so many angles to go with it, but no, overall we are, we're talking about, we're talking about the unraveling of the Republic. Correct. And most people, this is something I learned from people that are active in our community, really trying to do a lot of great things locally. Um, a lot of the attention in media starts on a national level. Like they want you focused on what's Biden doing. What not, da, 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 da. This is going to happen here. Somebody's taking over this. This is what's going to happen with Trump. But what we don't realize is that all the things that actually unravel the Republic start on a local level and then trickle up. And granted, I don't think anytime soon we're going to see, I don't think, mark these words because they might age like milk. I, I don't think we're going to see someone in, you know, United States Congress be a non-citizen. Definitely not the Oval Office. But these are the things that create the pressure for such things to try to take place and the maneuvering. Um, so as an entrepreneur in San Francisco, I'm, I got to get out of there. Like, yeah, I mean, people are already starting to pack their bags. Like, in California. So the Silicon Valley is not what it used to be, right. specifically. People are moving to other parts of the country, which is great for guys like us in Colorado. You see what's happening in Austin, in Texas, in general. They're just moving to other places that are more yeah. conservative in their business and their politics. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. There's only so much. Well, one, people have been saying this for so long. You know, <clears throat> people have been saying this is what we're trying to do. They're trying to, they're trying to open the door for any and everybody, global citizens to come here, uh, create global citizens out of American citizens and, They've been doing it right in front of our eyes. And now we're just, we're, we're reaping the fruit of such sowing. And um, it, it should be troubling to you if you are a fan of freedom and liberty. Yeah, if, you, if you listen to this podcast and you're an entrepreneur and you believe in capitalism, it should infuriate you. Yeah. And it, you should start to speak up about these things. 100%. Otherwise, just unsubscribe, please. And it's not even, it's not, and nothing against you, homegirl, but uh, everything against where, the principles and that are coming forth by these decisions uh, for sure. Okay. So in a parallel story, I, I want you to, I want you to talk on this, on this clip from Kevin O'Leary, because this, it falls right in line with what we're talking about of the, the ripple effect of such choices and how it's going to shape the landscape of business. Uh, this clip from Kevin O'Leary, uh, I want to know what you think of it after you hear it. Kind of comment that, you know, some of these Actually, other pause it for a second. do have rights. I'm sorry, I didn't give you context or the listener context. So this is Kevin O'Leary responding to what happened with the Trump fine out of New York City. But think of the implications. Try, tie the, tump, the Trump fine, Kelly Wong, and Kevin O'Leary, tie them all together. Um, New York and freaking California. Yeah. Two most liberal yeah. states and huge. Some of these other businesses do have right to be concerned, whether they like Donald Trump or not. Maybe you can elaborate on that. Well, this this award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, it, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. 
like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real-time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice, those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states right, versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now. <clears throat> I mean, we've already we've always had that policy when it comes to buying real estate. So you, you just buy in business-friendly states that are generally conservative and have good tenant landlord laws. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this is another example of why you would do that. Why would I ever own real estate in New York ever? And on top of that, the need for office space and working in the city is going away. And then you parallel with what Kevin O'Leary just said about moving these major data centers to middle America where it's more affordable, where people are moving. People will move, people will drive until they can afford to live. And so that's what's happening. People from California are moving to Colorado, which is relative. People that live in Colorado are moving to Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas and so on and so forth. So even Colorado is becoming a, a tough place to continue to, to do business <clears throat> because the, the laws are slowly moving towards the left and unfavorable for business owners and entrepreneurs. And I think this is why. So one, I, did you notice how he, I love how he says like winner states and loser states. He does everything he can to say like not say anything political, like, Democrats. Yep. Uh, he, yeah. He does. <clears throat> but he named, he, the loser states <laughs> are. Conservative states. Yeah. Uh, but two, this is what we were talking about before. And I think it's just reiterating this point today. Of, guys, if you don't take care of your, it's, it's no different than the NBA. Think the federal government, think these states, the state governments, and federal governments, they're the NBA right now. And you got entrepreneurs like us and these, this guy and Trump, and they're the consumer. And we're saying, you've built this. We've built this on your back, but now we're going to tell you how to do it. Yep. We're going to tell you how to do it. And it's not going to work just like it's not going to work for the NBA, which we touched on. It's not going to work for these loser states, as Kevin O'Leary put it. But it can work for you if you understand this, which we previously said was 
you need to make content because you know what keeps people from being able to do have such dumb decision making? It's a video like that in 22 hours getting 600,000 views. Well, to your point about the federal government, do you know what Article 5 of the Constitution is? I do. The Convention of States? Yeah. I'll read it to you guys. The full text of Article 5 reads, The Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution, or on the application of legislature of two-thirds of several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments, which in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as of this constitution. When ratified by the legislature or, excuse me, of three-fourths of several states or by conventions in three-fourths, therefore, as one of the other mode of the ratification may be proposed by Congress. Essentially, there is a movement called the Convention of States. We have... 28 of 38 states necessary in order to move forward with a first of its kind convention of states. Um, We need 34 states to call the convention and 38 to ratify any amendments. If that were to happen, Congress has to call it, but they're not allowed to participate, which is crazy. So back to your, it starts local. Yeah. This movement is starting locally. It starts with your mayor who moves up to the local county which then moves up to the state level and then from there you get the state to then go and participate in the convention of states and so we are reaching a time when our forefathers saw the need for this prior to us even put it without it even being on the radar and nobody had ever seen this before but they could just see that there would become a point where the federal government would become so big that they would need to be overruled by the states yeah and so we have a democratic republic not a pure democracy. And so this is what's coming down the pipe. And so if you guys don't know about it, we'll put it in the show notes, but it's something that I'm a part of excited to see that it's growing legs and would love to see a convention of States take place here in the next couple of years. Dude. Yeah. I'm <clears throat> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go to, cause I can go on, on the deep end on just like then actually I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit. Cause we made a, we made a video about this is coming out, which is when it relates to things like the constitution, the declaration of independence, the laws, uh, the laws that our forefathers established as the supreme law of the land, it's for seasons like this because it's actually far less about you and it's more about the people who hold the position of government. Right. That's why it says getting their just powers from the consent of the governed. And so uh, it's, 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 imper- it, it's beyond imperative that you are active locally. It's beyond imperative that you are making content, that if you're seeing something happen in your local government, your state government, that you say, this is going to hurt the business community. This is going to hurt my ability to make a living, my neighbor's ability to make a living for our families. It's, you have to speak up. If we don't keep this, this thing goes away. And so it, it's not going to happen automatically. And so Kevin O'Leary, he's moving to winning states. Yep. And taking billions with him. And you know who else is doing it? His other billionaire friends. Yep. And you know speaking who else is doing it? They're other billionaire friends. Speaking of billionaires... <laughs> Are we talking got? about True Social? Oh, True Social, yes. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I knew we were talking about Trump, but I, I was like looking for the note. I was like, oh, shoot, where is it? Uh, so after, after Donald Trump gets fined $355 million, yes. uh, simultaneously the SEC approves the merger between his company, and I can't remember what the other company was that was trying to buy him, but they were trying to go public by way of a, a SPAC. Yeah, that's what it was. That was the merger. A SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. It's a shell company where they raise money 
They take the shell company public. Digital World Acquisition. Yep. Which Digital World Acquisitions is the SPAC. Once the company's public, they then go buy a company by effectively buying the company instantaneously. That company becomes a publicly traded company. And so the, there was a, a hold up on that for the past couple of years. It finally got approved. So the same day that Donald Trump got fined $355 million, he stands to make about $4 billion. With a B. And you can't tie that guy down. <laughs> Diversification, my man. Hey, hey, I just want to tell all you uh, radical, rabid Democrats, y'all ain't going to beat this guy. Mm-mm. Nothing you guys do outside of legitimately physically harming the man is not going to work. Because y'all playing checkers. He's playing chess. He's playing chess. <clears throat> Literally the same day, the same day the verdict is handed out. He's like, he gets the text while he's driving away with his lawyers. Oh, right. You know, like, dang, now I'm only worth $3 billion, $700 million. <laughs> You can't beat this guy. Like, the power of brand. Yep. And obviously, he's been, he's been successful. And he, he, he's an entrepreneur, right? Through and through. People, through and through. People, team, letting people do their role. Like, he gets a lot of the attention, but there's a lot of people behind that machine that are, people are, taking care of families and creating opportunities and yeah, they're doing a lot of work. So, okay. So we've touched on all these things. We have two that we'll decide with the listeners here. If we go into them, we got the transgender funeral service at St. Patrick's cathedral. Uh, Then we have the normalizing, integrating the emotions of pedophiles into our compassion radars, as they would put it. Uh, I mean, we let's talk about the pedos because the transgender ones, like a duh, told you so. <laughs> um, but I, I, th- I think that, you know, I'd, I'd like to have a discussion on yeah. what in the actual fuck are we talking about? <laughs> you can bleep that out just so everybody knows what we're talking about. But normalizing pedophiles' feelings. Yeah. So this this two minute clip here that you guys are going to hear with us, you don't even need to see it. Listen to the words. Uh, yeah. Oh, are you still muted on your browser? So we discovered from Cole today that you can mute your browser. Most of us feel discomfort when we think about pedophiles. This is a TEDx talk. We are not responsible for our feelings. We're not responsible for our feelings. But we are responsible for our actions. And we must make a decision... It is an our responsibility to reflect and to overcome our negative feelings about pedophiles and to treat them with the same respect we treat other people with. We should accept that pedophiles are people who have not chosen their sexuality and who, unlike most of us, will never be able to live it out freely if they want to lead an upright life. We should accept that pedophilia is a sexual preference. Statistics indicate that there will be one or two of you who are struggling with some form of pedophilic interest. (laughs) These people can't talk about their feelings because they know that they will be hated for it. Because it's wrong. (laughs) I truly do believe that every person is longing for love at some point in their life. And what if this love that you really wish for will forever be impossible? That must be a really lonely situation to be in. Yes, 
it's under the impression that they share equal emotional intelligence. I can kind of understand that you would want to eliminate these people from society. Yes. However, it doesn't make sense. Yes, it does. Because we're talking about biology. We're talking about a sexual orientation. Something that we simply cannot change. This is crazy. And on top of that, every day, new people are born with the same difficulty. So it's not practical to eliminate these people from society. They haven't done anything wrong. All right. So, like you said, it's crazy, right? It's where do you draw the line is becomes the issue, right? So if there is no moral standard and everything's acceptable and nobody's responsible for their emotions, then it's just anarchy at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, hearing that, what that reminds me of is just how when you, when you're a culture where words don't mean what they mean anymore, you know, the word, you know, your word doesn't matter. You can break it. This word means that word. We make up words and this means that. And boy doesn't mean boy. Girl doesn't mean that. This is the folly of, you know, the whole love is love movement. Because if yes. you notice, there's two things that they did in that video. They equated the, the desire to be with children as love. It was equated with love throughout the entire video. Uh, and then there was two assertions. The second assertion was that sexual orientation cannot change, uh, which is both of those things are not true. Correct. Uh, well, if that's the case, then how is it that transgender kids, trans, they, they phase out of that phase at a high level if sexual orientation isn't, you know, is, doesn't change. And so it's because it's a psychological. Yeah. Yeah. It's a spiritual psychological battle war that we're in and evil does not turn a blind eye to the innocence of children. It actually justifies the raping and maiming and, and the, the idea that she said longing for love, longing for love. So that implies that a grown ass man, 39 years old, 40 years old and an eight year old are on the same emotional intelligent level. Right. Like that's not even realistic. No, not at all. It's purely sexual gratification. Thank you. Yeah. There is not going to happen. Like there's no amount of acceptance. Actually, I shouldn't say that because we know that Satan works. We know that Satan does things. And the fact, the fact that people are are literally up there espousing this as being normative is proof that he works is proof that evil does. You know, there was a reason why the Holocaust was what it was. There's a reason why the slave trade was what it was. And trafficking is where it is today because Evil, oof. Uh, you know, having young children, like we have young children, and I don't know, man. I just think that just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and you push people far enough, man, they're, they're not going to have this stuff. Like, you come around the wrong place talking about, I need to have compassion for a person who wants to, have sex with a child. Yeah. You, you're going to end up like that person's going to end up if they do that act in front of me. And it's just like, this is just nonsense, man. Like we don't even really have the words to talk about how sick this stuff is. Yeah. In order to accept it means you have to be okay with that act. Yeah. I can't accept somebody. Right. And simultaneously condone their actions. I just can't. I can say, Hey, you have a problem. 
I don't necessarily hate you, but I don't condone anything that you're doing. And if you try that, like, yeah, see what happens. Yeah, dude, you know, uh, you know, we, we make, we, part of why we do this and, and share this is because for, you know, the people who are walking a similar path and they don't necessarily align with us on everything, but they, there's alignment. And, but there's also some of you out there that I'm sure are not in alignment, but you have to ask yourself, why? Why would I not be in alignment with someone having sex, an adult having sex with a child? Why would I not? Why would I be for that? Like, why would I even give 20 seconds of consideration to, oh, I need to rationalize this because the feelings of this person who's. I mean, the answer is just, it's subjective morality, right? It's because there's, when, when a culture separates themselves from God. Correct then the objective morality goes out the window right. and it becomes your truth, your truth. Right. And that, that's a dangerous place to be because the, the real question we should be asking is what's well, actually better for society as a whole, right. not for the individual. And we're moving that direction again. Like we're at, we're at peak radical individualism, radical personal ideology and guys like us, we're not the only ones. We just happen to be the most vocal are, are not going to stand for it. Not going to stand for that, dude. Like, yeah. and yeah, it, 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 to me, <clears throat> when I think about our listeners, you guys, why we do, like again, where I was going is like we do this because all we're saying is, hey, you don't have to do the podcast, but wherever you are, wherever sphere you're operating in, you got to stand on it. You got to speak on it because yeah. the way it works, the way evil works, evil does not discriminate. Actually, all encompassing, all conquering. I want rule. It's tyranny, right? The devil is not, devil is not a, a president. He's a dictator. Yes. He's a dictator. He's a tyrant and he's a, he's a wicked master and you don't want to be anywhere under his rulership. There's hope, but you don't want that. And if we do not speak, if we do not share, if we do not post, if we do not write, if we do not say, listen to this podcast, if we do not go to the city council meetings, to the school board meetings, to the libraries, if we don't do these things, if we don't check out the, the petition that the person, you know, the person that's bothering you when you're walking in and saying, hey, will you sign this? And you say no, instead of talk, talking to them and finding out what's actually going, you just keep walking. You know what that person does? They get 10 more people to sign it. And, and now they win, you know, and our inactivity is going to, you, you will be met with, we will be met with reminders of our inactivity if, if, as this stuff continues to decrease, increase if our people don't. Nobody cares until all of a sudden right. it's their problem. Right. Right. It, it can be subjective morality until all of a sudden it's yeah. on your doorstep and it's your kid that's getting messed with. Right. Then all of a sudden we got a problem. So speak now or forever hold your peace. Forever hold your peace, man. Like forever hold your peace. And so guys, if you got value out of today's pod, uh, I was thinking about Andy Frisella's phrase. <laughs> I'm never going to say that, but we do appreciate a share, share, leave a comment. Uh, we, we really appreciate you guys out there. We appreciate the feedback. We've had people reach out and say, dude, we really love what you're doing. That is uh, wonderful and it makes it worth it. And so, and if you don't love what we're doing, then just unsubscribe. Oh, and, and actually I would actually submit a challenge to you in this year, 2024, <laughs> humble thyself and listen to an opinion that you do not agree with. <laughs> And ask, why do they hold that opinion? And a matter of fact, reach out. Maybe we'll have you on the pod. Um, 
or we're gonna, we're gonna turn into a little radio dial-in show actually where they can call in yeah hey darius this is chip from down in louisiana <laughs> and i just love what you're doing that's that louisiana would be like for sure <laughs> san francisco on the other hand um, but nonetheless, we appreciate your, we appreciate your eyes, your ears, your time. Uh, and we appreciate the work you're doing in building businesses. You are in fact, the backbone of Liberty in this nation. So until next time, it's pain points where the world meets business.